Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey there, listener. So this is kind of a special episode. Uh, a couple of days ago on Tuesday, the... Uh, let's see, what date was that? Tuesday the 6th, I was invited to give a talk at a entrepreneurship group that uh, I've been a part of over the last couple of months in New York City. And so I gave a talk on... Uh, sales, entrepreneurship, product de- development, et cetera, et cetera. And so I wanted to share that talk with you here. And that's what today's episode is going to be. So just a quick warning. It's a little bit longer than our normal episodes. I think it runs about 22 minutes. Uh, but there is a lot of great content there. There's a lot of information for those of you who want to go into client services, want to sell products. So take a listen and let me know what you think. I'm hoping to do more talks like this over the next coming weeks and months, and and I'll be sharing all of those on the show as well. So enjoy, and I'll see you tomorrow for another regular episode. First and foremost, I don't believe in second guessing. I'm free to invent the over because I'm scared of competition. These actions speak louder than words. That's why I bust down the door and make an inches before I voice my opinions. Words to the non-believers who don't believe in superstition. It's wishful thinking, thinking we can flick our fingers out what we dream from at an instant. Instead, we see the blood thicken with a hard up bringing that an easy life is non-existent. All I ask is for you to stand me a second if the needle can't handle the record and put yourself in my position. I want to thank everyone for coming. We have a small group that's actually really nice because it's a little bit more intimate. And I do want to steal a page from Gary Vee and do some Q&A at the end. So uh, number one, remember this is live, so don't leave me hanging with questions. And number two, um, having a smaller group means that we can dive deeper into a lot of the more specific things that you guys may have over uh, your businesses. Uh, So... The title of this talk was Five Steps to Land Your First Client. Um, But really, as I was developing the talk, I realized that's false. Uh, Really, it should be the five requirements to land any client or customer. And and so this isn't just B2B. This is uh, any situation where you need to sell a product to an end user consumer. And, And... I believe that there are these five requirements that you need to meet, almost like steps in the, in the process in order to close that sale. Um, but only three of them are actual steps, and then the other two are more skills-based. So they're things that you need to audit yourself and figure out whether or not they're a part of your wheelhouse. So those five things are, number one, a product, which 
may seem obvious, but we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, we need a buyer, and then we need exposure. And that's really all that is required. You need those three things, a buyer, a product, and exposure, and you're able to land a client, make a sale, et cetera, et cetera. However, you also need these two subcategories, and these are the things that are skills-based. So you have the ability to close, and you have the ability to deliver. So let's dive into a little bit of, of all of this. So what is a product? A product is simply something that someone else values enough to sacrifice for. And if you think of any product in the entire world, anything you've ever bought, anything anyone in society has ever bought, it's simply because they value having that thing more than they value the dollars that they exchange for it. So at its core, that is the definition of a, of a product. And if we need a product in order to land a sale, that then raises the question for many of the people in this room, what is my product? What is it that I'm trying to sell? And so I'm going to save you a little bit of time because there's really only one product that any of us sell. And it is a combination of time and accessibility. And what I mean by that is, is fairly simple. So let's look at Uber, one of my favorite examples. What does Uber sell? Anyone want to take a gander? Yes, Convenience. Sophia. Convenience, exactly. But they also sell time and accessibility. So how Uber made their, their money, how they popped up and, and became such a, an enormous uh, phoenix is simply by combining time. They allow people to call a cab when they're actually ready to go. And especially in a city like New York City, they know that a cab will be there in five minutes or less. Uh, they allowed people to do so in the convenience of whatever situ life situation they were in. So if they're at a bar, they don't have to worry about going out and hailing a yellow cab. They don't have to worry about walking three blocks to get to a main road to, to stand there and hope that somebody stops because there's 50 other people from that same bar waiting. And they also don't have to worry about calling a, a regular black car service, which might take 20 minutes. Um, so, so Uber sold their time back, they sold their convenience, but they also sold accessibility. Because as I just mentioned, black cars have always existed. Like Uber did not invent the black car service. You could pick up the phone and call, but by putting it through a mobile app, something that's automatically in our pockets and two clicks away, by doing things like placing their credit card options and into a prepaid system so you never have to re-edit it every time you call a new car, it just automatically charges it, they're selling convenience. And the same example holds for companies like Airbnb, Netflix, and even my own company, if we want to look more on the client side rather than the consumer side. My company, Auto Digital, we sell time, convenience, and accessibility back to our clients in the sense that we save them time week to week in producing their episodes. We sit down and we identify the processes and the systems that make episode submission and podcasting as a whole easier, which is therefore convenient for them. And we do so in a way that is entirely accessible because we have built out those systems and made submission of the files easier rather than dealing with a million different tools that they currently do. So we took a system that was broken, we built a process around it to save them time, convenience, and accessibility, and as a result, we were able to close clients. So 
everyone in this room who is trying to sell a product and everyone watching on Facebook Live and in the uh, replay of this video, your job is to build a product around those three things, time, convenience, accessibility. And I'm going to say those over and over again because I want to make sure it's drilled into your head. The only product are those three things. Everything else is just the package that you deliver it in. So Uber's product is time, convenience, accessibility. The package they deliver it in is car services. Airbnb's product is time, convenience, accessibility. The package they deliver it in is on-demand rooms. And, and, and so that's the basis we start from. Our product is those three things. From there, we need a buyer. So again, what is a buyer? A buyer is simply the person who values those three things enough to sacrifice for it. However, in order to identify who your buyer is and in order to figure out the packaging for that, that product, the time, convenience, accessibility, you need to sit down and identify a group of people that you want to serve. Because that's ultimately who your buyers are going to be. They're people who are a part of a community, whether they are young entrepreneurs or they are everyday five, nine to fivers looking to make a leap or whatever it is. You need to be a part of that community, speak to them, and understand what it is they value, what package they want that combination of time, convenience, and accessibility in, because that's when you're able to develop a product. So again, going into some examples, uh, with my own company, Auto Digital, we knew that new podcasters specifically, especially ones that had a business tied to it, were super busy and did not want to deal with the technology around podcasting. So we knew that the product potential was there for selling them time, convenience, and accessibility. However, we didn't know what form that was going to take. We couldn't only figure that out by sitting down, making calls, and talking to people in the podcasting community and figuring out these are the things they value, these are the problems they deal with, and this is the package we need to deliver that product through. And so that took the form of a done-for-you service. That's also taking the form of... Uh, a consulting product we're going to launch next week. And in a couple of months, that'll take the form of a software product that we're launching. Because these are all things that our clients and the community around them have told us they value. And as a result, we are now taking time, convenience, accessibility, and packaging it through those product ideas. And we know there's going to be sales for it because they've told us that this is what they value. So that second piece of identifying a buyer is also required to figure out what your packaging is. You already know the product. I've said it 17 times so far. But you don't know the packaging for your audience. You don't know what it is they care about, what, they're, what it needs to look like for them to realize that these are the things they value. And, and so your job now is to identify the group that you want to serve, be a part of that group, and figure out what it is they value so that you can create that, that product for them. And then finally, you need exposure. And this is the part that is hard. This is the part that Gary Vaynerchuk and Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin and all of the big marketing people that we all know and look up to, this is the part they talk about when they say hustle. Because exposure comes in two forms. And for a new product, a new company, you need to do both. So you do need the inbound. 
You do need the content. You need the videos, the posts, the Instagram photos, the Snapchats, all of the things that we all do and say we are hustling. Like, we need to do that. But we also need to spotlight the product itself. And that's where outbound comes in. And that's the part that a lot of people have forgotten because we've moved into this internet age where you can build a product and create content and attract people, but that takes six months. That takes eight months, that takes 10 months. And if you want to leave your job tomorrow or if you are in a position like I am where your entire income is relying on landing a client, you don't have six months. So you need to be aggressively reaching out as well. And this is where things like cold calling, cold emailing, uh, email blasts, all of those old school sales tactics come into play as outbound strategies while simultaneously doing the inbound strategies because six months from today, they're going to pay off. And so you need to build both at the same time, but you can't do any of that until you have the first two pieces, until you know who the audience is and until you know what package they need their product to be delivered through. And so all of these three things are incredibly important to land your first client. They are absolute requirements and there's nothing, you're never going to see a difference or a change until you start thinking about them in the way that I've outlined. But in addition to all of that, you also need to audit yourself and figure out who you are because in order to land a client or land a customer or any of the things that actually lead to revenue, that actually lead to being able to change our lives and go full time on our companies and follow our passion and all of the things that we as a community like to say but many of us don't get to do, the only way that we do that is by actually closing that sale. And not everyone can do that. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it is a fundamental truth that not everyone has the ability to sell something. And, and so you need to look at whether or not you are one of those people that can. And if you can't, then myself, Gary Vee, and multiple other entrepreneurship leaders, not including myself in the leader area, <laughs> we all suggest that you then look to somebody who can. Because you should not be trying to sell somebody, something if you have absolutely no skill in sales. Like the, there is a talent that is required to do it consistently and well. And it's a process that I'm still trying to figure out to this day. And I've been self-employed now for 11 months at this point. And that is all I do every single day. But I'm still trying to figure out what is the cadence? What is the, the right approach? How do I build a system that drives this long term? So, and, and that's with having the ability to sell something. That's actually one of the only things I'm, I'm pretty good at. Everything else I end up outsourcing because I'm just not as good at them. And, and so you need to audit yourself as to whether or not you're the person that delivers on a product or somebody that sells a product, or maybe you do both. But that sale requirement is absolutely necessary. And then beyond that, there's the ability to, to actually deliver. Because I don't think anyone in here or anyone watching wants to be the person who sells a product and then runs with the money. Like I, I think that by the nature of watching this video or showing up to this talk, that you are the type of people who want to sell a product and serve the person who bought that product. You want to sell a service or a t-shirt or 
event tickets, whatever it is, you want to sell it and actually deliver on that promise that you've made. And so you need to look at whether or not the product you're selling, the package that this audience requires, is something you can deliver on. For me, we sell done-for-you podcasting services. Now, I can deliver on audio production, but I'm not as good at copywriting and, and writing the blog posts around podcasts. And so I've outsourced that piece in order to make sure I can still deliver a high-quality product. Now, that means it eats into my profit margin and I take home less. But my clients are happier, which means they recommend me to more people, which just spirals into more work. And I also feel good about the product that I sell, which means that I'm much more amped to sell it every single day because I feel good about it. And I know that the person on the other end is going to get something of value from it. And so... You can be either somebody who is able to sell or somebody who's able to deliver, or you can potentially be both, but you need to figure out where you land on that spectrum. And the way you do that is by starting, by sitting down and sending the cold emails, creating the content, landing a client, delivering on that, doing work for free, whatever it is to get yourself into that pattern of working on these five core things. And so I want to bring it back to to the main point of this talk because you know you need to figure out whether or not you can sell, you need to figure out whether or not you can deliver, but ultimately none of it matters if you don't have a product, if you don't have a buyer and if you don't have exposure around it. And I th- I think the the biggest point in that is simply that you need to remember that the only product is time, convenience, accessibility. Realize that any way that you deliver that is simply just the packaging around that. Ultimately, what the end user is buying is their time, their convenience, their accessibility. Or if it's a consumer product like a T-shirt, then we can add more things into their like identity and brand. And none of that's that important for clients, um, at least where we are in our, our businesses. So realize that your product needs to be around those three things. Those are the things pretty much everybody values right now. And from there, find your community that you're going to serve and actually be a part of it. I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a day-to-day basis who say they want to build a business and want to build this product and want to do this, but have they aren't a part of that actual community. And so they're building something just out of their own head that they think the audience wants, that they think is valuable. And as soon as they launch it, nobody buys because it's not actually important to them. And, and so be a part of the communities that you're serving. Actually communicate with people. Take the time to message people and use social media to talk to them and figure out what that packaging looks like. And then from there, your job is just to blow it up as far as content goes and as far as direct one-to-one outreach goes, which is your outbound. And, and that'll put you in a position to figure out those other two. But ultimately, to land your first client, which was the title of this, it's those three steps. And, and I would love to hear where you all feel you are on that, that process and, and if there's any way that I can help you figure it out. So at this point, I want to open it up to any potential Q&A on anything we just talked about or your, specific to your business or product or where you are in your stage, and, and we'll see where we go from there. 
basically my uh, I identify myself with the closing and how it can be hard uh, for most people closing can be hard because it's it's that moment it can get a little bit um, overwhelming maybe a little bit intimidating mm -hmm. but how do you have any suggestions with with closing because you I know that you have to get on their level and it has, you have to make it about them yeah it's not about you yeah so that's that's what I get from the closing? Yeah. Anything that you want to add to that? So, uh, for those listening on the podcast, uh, the question is, what are my suggestions for that closing process and, and, and pitching in general? Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is, as you said, getting on the other person's level. So the beauty of sales is that it is a one-to-one -one process. So the product that you're selling can mold to the actual needs of the person. So the first step is to figure out what those needs are. And the beautiful thing about people is that they will tell you. Um, you don't have to guess. They, if you ask the right questions, if you seriously care about what it is they're doing, they will tell you exactly what they're struggling with and what matters to them. Once you understand that, once you know what it is they are struggling with, what is their pain point, what is whatever words you want to use to describe it, once you understand who they are and what matters to them, then it's just a process of showing them that the thing you've developed solves that problem. And, and once you've gotten to that point of explaining, showing it to them, whether it's through a demo or a free trial or, or whatever it is, once you've gotten to that point, you just have to ask. And, and that's the part that I think people get intimidated by, uh, is just that process of working up the guts to say the equivalent of give me money. Yeah. Um, but. It's, it's just one of those things that comes with practice. You have to do it the first time, and then you have to do it a second time and a third time, and it's pretty much always gonna feel awkward. And eventually you'll get to a point where you're selling bigger ticket items, and it'll feel awkward to ask for that amount of money. And you'll try to convince yourself that this is ridiculous, and you just have to work through that, and that's part of being a closer. And, and so my advice is sit down and listen to the other person and figure out what they want, because that gives you ammunition that you can then use to help in that closing process. But then from there, you just have to ask. So that, that's what I'd say to that. Question. Yeah. Do you use forums a lot? Or do you use like Facebook and mm -hmm. stuff like that? Are forums very strong? What is your yeah. So the question is, do I use forums or, or Facebook groups and, and specifically towards forums, like how are they currently? Um, my answer is that it depends entirely on the industry. Uh, for me, forums aren't a very big part of my process. Uh, in, in my opinion, the new version of forums are Facebook groups. And, and depending on the niche, there are some very active groups. And, and that's actually been a massive lead source for my business. Um, so, so Facebook groups are the first place I would suggest anyone that is trying to just get their first client um, or, or just trying to be a part of the community, I would suggest they look there. Um, forums, so specific industries still value forums a lot. I know photography forums are, are very active, uh, video forums, a lot of creative uh, professions, their forums are, are very active, um, but for my process, I don't personally use them to answer the question. So, so really just do the research on your industry and figure out, like, is this where they are hanging out or are they hanging out on Twitter or are they on Facebook groups? Where are they? And then be a part of that community there. Yeah.
Uh, I had a question about being whether, I guess, coming to terms whether you're a good seller or not, mm -hmm. where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Yeah. Um, with that said, at what point do you determine whether you are a good seller or let's just say, we'll look at the negative side, let's say you're not a strong seller. Mm -hmm. How do you determine it's you or maybe it's the packaging? Which Got it. needs to change. So Got it. That could be a fine line. Too. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, again, for those of you listening, the question is, how do you determine whether it's your skill as a salesperson versus the value of the product, the packaging? Um, so I would say it just comes down to experimentation. Um, if, if I was in that situation, I think you kind of know if, if you're not taking them through a sales process well and, and if things are, are sort of bumpy. But let's, let's take that out of it and assume that you have no idea and you think you're amazing. Um, really, it just comes down to f working on the product, working on, on figuring out what that product looks like, what it does for the audience, and continuing to do those interviews that, that you were doing earlier to figure out what that version should look like to begin with. And, and sort of validating validating it outside of the sales conversation. Um, in addition to that, also continually going through the sales process. To be an entrepreneur, you have to sell something. That's just how, that's the definition of it. So, so focus on these three things, build a product, be a part of your community, blow it up, and, and yeah, that, that's really all you need to do. So thank you again. Thank you for you guys watching at home, watching live, listening to the podcast. And that's it. If you don't believe, if you don't believe, you are here for a reason. You are here for a reason. And if you are good at what you do, then speak up and be heard about it. Come and be heard about it. No doubt. First and foremost, I don't believe in second guessing. Afraid to invent the over because I'm scared of competition. These actions speak louder than words. That's why I bust down the door and make an entrance before I voice my opinions. Weren't to the non believers who don't believe in superstition. It's wishful thinking, thinking we can flick our fingers out what we dream from at an instant. Instead, we see the blood thicken with a hard up bringing that an easy life is non existent. All I ask is for you to spam me a second If the needle can't handle the record Then put yourself in my position Take the leaf out of the book and see the same visions I stand from a distance and say your peace before I spit a difference It sounded original before the other hundred said it There's more to life than the line of credit So never mind the next generation and what they inherit This money's just a minor tribute to my everyday work ethic Yeah, be all you can be If you're good at what you do Then it's all up to you This is just 22 Say my thanks to those who've been there for me Because I wouldn't truly know myself unless it was for you Say be all you can be if you're good at what you do Then it's all up to you, this is Cash 22 I say my thanks to those who've been there for me Because I wouldn't truly know myself unless it was for you This world full of wires, keep circling this walk of life I've grown up with the world of a bias I've got permanent pain in my eyes They say the good things come to those who wait And I can feel it's close, it's been a long